Warning, this episode of the Watchlist Burn book contains a brief discussion on relationship violence and associated traumas. If you wish to skip this segment, the timestamps are located in the episode description. Thank you for listening. What's up, party people, and welcome to the Watchlist Burn Book. Hey! Whoop, whoop. We've got an episode today that I know all you lovely folks are super pumped out because when we covered season one of this show, it ended up being one of our most listened to episodes of the podcast, of like all of our episodes. So, yeah, so I know you guys are going to be super excited that we're covering Feel Good Season 2, which is which just came out pff, a couple weeks ago? No, yeah. it, came, it came out in June. It Yeah, it came <sighs> out, um, I want to say, the week before Lupin Season 2 came out. That I think is they came weird. out right around the same time. They did, you know, double, double feature, two great <laughs> shows coming out with part two. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, Feel Good is a semi-autobiographical series written, directed, and starring the incomparable, talented comedian May Martin. And this season is so good. It mm-hmm. is so much, so much better than the first season, which is wild because the first season was also incredible. So it's gonna, it's gonna be a fun, fun episode. So get excited. Oh, um. Yeah. <laughs> So we are going to kick things off with a character speed through because there are a whole bunch of memorable people in this show. Thank you, May Martin. Um, and we are going to start off with May. Ye old character May. Um, May goes through a lot during this season. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, like we, we, we thought May went through a lot in the first season, but they go through so much more trauma during this season, but also so much more growth, which is so satisfying yeah i think i think i said this like in the first episode like the first season was you know more early 20s may martin and then Mm -hmm. this season seems to even though it's still happening within the same span of time like the way that the growth like personhood growth you know is Mm -hmm. progressing like this season's version of may martin feels more solidly like the may that's living now in their 30s like that's or like the very beginning to that i guess yeah yeah no we see a huge a huge jump in the way she looks at things like pretty much at the end of this season which it it feels a little fast but it also feels really good because like we've been seeing them wade through so much stuff so it's like so good to see them finally like reach the point where they are now yeah like in real life and then also as their character yeah i agree uh Next up, we have George, who might have been one of my favorite characters this season. Um, I had I had mixed thoughts on George the first go around, but I I loved the depth that we got from her this season. Yeah, I I think George actually was my favorite in <laughs> this season, mm-hmm. um, specifically for that reason. Um, because yeah, I felt like and for good reason. You know, we didn't know that much about George other than being May's girl 
girlfriend who didn't really know like what was going on in her life and somehow that inconvenienced everybody and that was really mm-hmm. all we got um mm-hmm. and i like that this season um just like we get to watch george get the time and space to really start to figure out who she is mm-hmm. and that person is an amazing person mm-hmm she's so lovely and it was also really good to finally see more of her family Mm -hmm. um because we along with barely getting anything about george we only got like a smidge about her mom in that one wedding episode in season one but like being able to follow george on her journey this season we also got to see so much from both of her parents and then also how she's trying to define herself in relation to her parents which was beautiful work yeah beautiful work may martin yeah it really was i know this could be the first of many chef's kisses this whole time (laughs) uh next up we have phil uh still still a fave still a fave still the mvp i i love that he had a very different character arc this season yeah the whole the whole unpacking dad trauma was it was really funny but it was also really really deep and really sad which so i like that we were able to like handle that material with like the humor that comes with phil yeah i agree like i felt like and i think this is kind of the stuff that happens you know like when you have a pilot season versus like a confirmed second season Mm -hmm. where people really do get to solidify characters i think that like similarly with george phil at times in season one even though we got to see like he was a really great roommate and supportive friend at times he did almost feel like oh he's just a meme Mm -hmm. Um, and (laughs) it's like i and i don't know if like may martin and i forgot their co-writer's name i'll have to look it up (laughs) i'm sorry um if i don't know if they thought about this like you know oh we should like flesh out these people um but i think that yeah it was really cool to see more into phil's life beyond Mm -hmm. the apartment exactly and next up on our list we have may's parents so i'll kind of like delve in there but it was nice to see phil's journey also mirror may's parents journey Mm. the whole time because those were like two groups of people that we would have never expected to be put together ever but having that oh my god i don't even remember how they first it was george's birthday mm-hmm. they met at george's birthday and then the relationship between phil and may's parents literally changed the whole show <laughs> it was amazing it was so good it was so good like we wouldn't have had any of the growth or we would have had like considerably less growth than we did if phil and may's parents never linked up and i think that is spectacular <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, because it like, I really liked the, um, honestly, a lot of the scenes that happened when they all got to Canada, but like the, the whole like ornamental pears thing, mm-hmm. um, where May's dad finally <laughs> decided yeah. to be like, hey, all of this tension that we've had for years is actually because of me. And maybe now you two can reconcile because we can actually talk about the thing that was scaring you. And and it's in making you afraid and it's not the pairs mm-hmm. and that would have never happened had phil not you know we don't know what happened behind the scenes but you know like sought out answers from them about how to deal with what was going on with his dad exactly exactly so mvp this season phil mm-hmm. and his empathy we love him <laughs> yeah 
Um, next up is George's parents, who we got a smidge of her mom before, but we get a hell of a lot of her dad this go around, Ugh. which I, I do not know how I feel about George's father, George, <laughs> with the new wife and his new baby also named George. Oh my God. It's just like, jo- I'm just like, George, you're a junior, ma'am. Like, oh god it's yeah it i think it's it's easy to see how season one george came about Mm -hmm. from her parents (laughs) oh big time big time but at the same time i think that george's scenes in the car with her father are some of like the best scenes of the show yeah i agree like a lot during that episode was really good but i think those were the just the realizations that george came to junior george jr came to the car with her father were just there i just i don't know i just loved seeing that journey specifically like that part of her journey yeah i did too and i liked that she was able to actually see the message hidden within Mm -hmm. his like assholeness (laughs) Mm -hmm. and yeah just actually start carving out time for herself within her relationship exactly exactly which was also done by elliot who (laughs) Elliot, Elliot, Elliot. The real meme of the show. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I will say it was a personal attack seeing him sit there and eat like wasabi peas and watching like the Amish documentary because like same. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so refreshing to finally see like people with emotional intelligence to his level like being made the butt of a joke Mm -hmm. in media i i love it i cannot get enough of it it is so funny every time yeah it honestly it's i think it's it's great because it it's really a wake-up call for like a lot of people out there myself included so don't y'all feel like i'm attacking you you know who are like i'm an empath like you know (laughs) that's what you sound like like so maybe sometimes think about the fact that you don't have to be the counselor for everyone that you talk to and when people are like talking to you about their life or venting like your first response does not have to be like well here's what i think you should do yeah which is something that we all we all do yeah yeah it's it's something that you know is common everywhere so it's 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 good to see that like you don't have to take yourself so seriously all the time time because there are times where you do sound ridiculous <laughs> yeah and that like goes with anything you know mm-hmm. like it's great to be like an incredibly well-wounded like socially like conscious just like decent human being while also just being an enjoyable person to be around exactly exactly which is so easy to forget sometimes so it's always good to get a refresher that you can act normal as well <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Like, I don't have to impress everybody with my knowledge of, nope. you know, feminist theory. Like, yeah. I can truly just say goofy shit and, yeah, eat wasabi peas and watch the Amish documentary. Mm-hmm. And then, like, George wants to flip to watching porn. Like, you know, hey. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. The duality of mad. <laughs> <laughs> 
in that same vein, we have Becky and Clocky G, who is... Clocky has to be my favorite character this season. <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with him and all his turtlenecks. Yeah, he was serving the ring looks. Yeah, 24-7. And then also Becky was just ridiculous. She was hilarious. Oh, she was so funny. I think about her little monologue during the check-ins in like the first or second episode all the time. <laughs> yeah. So funny. It's her like not even saying anything but just like glaring at them from the audience during their whole presentation it's like you're a bunch of fascists that was so funny it's like girl (laughs) (laughs) becky like just because you don't want to do the work becky just say that okay yeah right right (laughs) right (laughs) you don't have to go immediately to fascism it's okay it's okay Um, ooh, next up we have Scott, the comedy club owner from Canada. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it was, I think it was good that Arnie Rivers wasn't the only, you know, negative person this season because it's very easy to hate Arnie Rivers. But I Mm. think with Scott, it's, it's much more difficult to like blindly hate him for the things that he's done. You know, he's more of a, he's more of a complex character than Arnie Rivers was so I think mm-hmm. it was very as much as I dislike him it was important to have him in the show the way that he was you know yeah I agree it yeah it like I think it was it was really important well, and like we'll talk about this coming up really quickly um but yeah I think it was important to touch on a, a facet of like I mean queer childhood but like childhood in general that mm-hmm. we don't talk about enough um of yeah being groomed by your adult quote-unquote friends mm-hmm. you know and what happens when or, or what happens to those relationships when you realize what happened to you mm-hmm. that's really important um and i think it was really necessary in helping us understand may and like everything that you know led up to even before the show feel good started like mm-hmm. may the character i mean yeah oh big time big time um Next up is Donna, the agent, which the loud, the loud yet funny agent. Um, Yeah, she's a lot. She was a lot. She was a whole lot, but she was really funny. I'll give her that. Mm -hmm. She was really funny, but she was a pretty, pretty solid embodiment of that side of showbiz. Yeah. To a T. To a T. Jack, Nick, and Pete. Their intervention was adorable. <laughs> Especially Pete being like, um, I misunderstood the assignment. I thought this was a roast. <laughs> right. Oh god. And it was cute because was like so he cute. roasted May, but he also like loved them so much. Yeah. So the comedy sucks. You're one of my best friends. Exactly. Exactly. Oof. And I I will always remember Jack higher than a kite in the Egyptian um <laughs> escape room. <laughs> it's the fact that he's the one who figured it out. Like Yeah, right. Well, I mean it's because everybody else was having a therapy session, but yeah. like <laughs> off his ass and he figured it out which like pop off girl oh jack was a highlight of the season for me for sure oh absolutely it was great to see him do stuff that wasn't him walking around in that horrible weed suit yeah yeah Mm -hmm. oh stupid 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 lovely jack (laughs) 
<laughs> Anywho, and to round this all out, we have Binky and Hugh and their new baby boy, Boothroyd. <laughs> Which you can't get any more British than that, naming you your kid Boothroyd. Boothroyd. Oh, Lord. Rest in peace, baby Boothroyd. And, and also anytime white Binky. Yeah. Brand new Binky. <laughs> She's now brown, and now all of the racism from season one is gone. Apparently, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. She was, she was only homophobic this season. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. I guess they pulled the room, and that's what had to happen. I can't be mad. Um, <laughs> but like, pop off, sure, cool. Binky, you're not as bad as you were before. I guess I don't I know. Guess. I'm still worried about that baby. I'm still worried about that baby. Oh, Lord. Okay, so now we are going to move into something that I alluded to in our previous section, um, but we're going to delve a little deeper into talking about the, I guess, the way that trauma and um, the quote-unquote appropriate, sorry, that word is not coming out of my mouth, appropriate (laughs) bonds um, are what people assume you have to feel um, according to, you know, the trauma that you've survived and especially the pressure that you can feel especially as a public figure um to take on the responsibility of representing all survivors i thought that that was handled i mean i hate to say that like tough things are handled beautifully but i really did think that it was handled beautifully in this season no i think it's i think it's true like it's it's done in a way where you where they aren't like just saying it outright because like we all understand that that's a problem but it's like it's different to actually see may going through all of the pressure from donna to oust arnie rivers during Mm -hmm. his show and then she doesn't do it and then when they go out and walk out to the you know the parking lot and then may sees Arnie like praying after that other girl you know like Mm -hmm. so it's that duality where like you don't you there's like this pressure that that's what you're supposed to do, but that isn't always the healthiest thing to do. And that's never really the best thing to do unless you like, I don't know, have an understanding of what's going to happen after that, which is something that May had brought up. They were like, yeah, I know that this is going to look great on television, but like what happens after I say all this stuff on Arnie River's show? Exactly. And then there's the whole, there's the lawsuits and there's all that other stuff because that is a, that's an unfortunate fact of what happens. Like just announcing that stuff is never the end all be all which is unfortunate i (laughs) i hate that that's the way that this has to happen but it's it's so easy to expect a certain response from survivors without being conscious of their you know how they're handling it and like what they need to do to help themselves yeah and even even you know george like semi pressuring may to like you know confront scott right away and deal with it like right away Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, like, you know what happened to you, May? Like, are you going to deal with it or are you going to get over it? And that kind of response isn't helpful either um, because it can be really, unless you've, you know, and even when you've experienced abuse and trauma yourself, like, you, I really don't think it's ever fair to, like, tell someone, you know, how to deal with it because it's really hard to, one, recognize something that happened to you and then 
confront the person Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Which is honestly why I was appreciative of the way that May wrote May's journey this whole season. Because on one hand, we have May, the character, trying to figure out how they're going to confront Scott. But at the same time, we have all of these... we, We finally get to see and understand how that trauma has impacted her life. Because we got bits and pieces of it during season one. But like now we fully have an understanding of what that means and we're actually more conscious of like how that's manifesting i.e. the severe memory loss Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is something that like rarely gets covered in media but that is something big that happens from PTSD and then like the hiding under the bed and like pretty much any other trait along those lines that I guess symptom that May was experiencing yeah 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 I mean even oh (laughs) sorry yeah I was gonna say I mean just to add on to what you were saying even addiction Mm -hmm. and turning to coping mechanisms to help you escape or forget whether that's drugs or people or you know I mean anything you can get addicted to really Mm -hmm. um and honestly expecting or pushing for a certain type of relationship with George mm -hmm. which I just realized is something that was also left over from that yeah which I guess is something that we got a lot of in this season because they had like up until the last episode they had like a very like sex-based relationship which definitely after being groomed by so many people Mm -hmm. in your childhood that would definitely be left over you know yeah which is horrible yeah so bad it was it was awful but like it was great that George realized you know like oh we cannot continue to do things this way like how I I think I think she did ask May like how many people like were you with as like a young child that like you know knew you were a child Mm -hmm. because that that's like it's infuriating you know when you're not the person involved but for the person who like has to have that reckoning Mm -hmm. you know it's like well shit all of these relationships that I I thought were friends maybe were not friends exactly exactly like having to to go back and (laughs) piece together everything yeah you know which it's 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 a brutal thing to discuss which is why I'm glad that May did represent it the way that they did in this show you know because like just the amount of care that went into discussing this material in the show was phenomenal and I think it was very powerful <laughs> given that like how impactful the first season was for like different reasons but like this is it's the same level of impact but it's with, with different material this season so I don't know I guess I guess where I'm going is like just the ability for the show to discuss difficult things also with like a slightly dark sense of humor but like also make it real and understandable and validating for those who have been through it yeah I think that's a perfect way to put it actually and yeah I I think some people might watch the season and be like their initial reaction might be well why didn't May why did May make this choice or why didn't you do that and it I think it boils down to like how acts of 
protecting yourself might not always seem right but mm-hmm. like it's it's right for you <laughs> exactly exactly and may made the perfect call to not out arnie rivers like that absolutely absolutely it's it's really painful to watch but that was yeah. the best option you know yeah because oh my god the aftermath oh would have been so bad i mean the aftermath like the way that it was was really bad yeah it was but it would have been like much worse and in a public light Mm -hmm. and it just it wouldn't have been the most genuine and like like honestly like personally like healing way to actually have that conversation exactly exactly it wouldn't have been (laughs) it wouldn't have been productive Mm -mm. at all so i i do appreciate that like we had that moment at the end where may goes and confronts scott yeah and the way that they want to confront scott yes it was it was and i mean no it was it was not amazing but it was amazing yeah as, as, <laughs> as a piece of media it was amazing yeah <laughs> Yeah, it it really was because it just I think it it showed it showed people out there who might have a very complicated relationship with their abuser mm-hmm. that they can figure out the way that they want to address exactly. that like what happened to them on their own terms and they they decide how the conversation happens exactly that's so important it's so important it's so important snaps yeah. <laughs> snaps chef kiss the whole shebang (laughs) all right we are on to the star of the season may and george's relationship journey which is so so good it is so good the journey and the build-up to the final episode is absolutely perfect all of the writers take note because this is how you handle a relationship journey not to mention the last episode was easily one of the best episodes of anything i've ever seen (laughs) that is also the way that you tie up a finale everybody take note yeah like i oh I will never get over that last conversation before um, we get, like, all of the, like, wistful solo shots of them, like, in their little getaway Airbnb. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, that May and Georgia, I don't even remember where they're walking. Oh, I think they had just, like, gotten away from um, Ink Boy. Um, And they were talking about just, like, yeah, I think May brought up... um, transness mm-hmm. and the idea that everybody like kept thinking that they were trans and you know asking George like do you think that I'm a girl or a boy and George was like you and you know how do you see yourself and May was like me <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know that was just that was awesome because then George you know as someone who has the language that, you know, she's talking to someone who doesn't yet, she goes, you're non-binary, but you tell me what words to use. You tell me what words to use. Thank you. So good. <laughs> that That is what we need to see on television. Oh, God. And, like, not to mention that, like, we... At the same time, we got to see May come to that conclusion about themselves, but then we also got to see George 
come to the conclusion on how to talk to May about that and how to support May about that, you know? And like having those two things happen simultaneously and then come together in that culminating moment is just so good. And we get that with literally every every issue that has presented itself at some point during the show. I'll say almost every. Because we have that one, that that bit with May and her parents after everything with the pairs that we kind of talked about earlier, which is also fantastic. And then we also get all that time with Phil and May's parents, which pretty much does the same thing. And then Phil understanding that even though even though he lost his father, he can still kind of have a familial relationship with May's parents, even though they aren't specifically his biological parents. And it's just little little things like that that we could see all these people, all the characters growing to that point during the season and having it come together. It's just so satisfying. And it was written so well. I just, I don't have enough words. <laughs> it's cool to see, like, yeah, like you were saying, all of these individual journeys that, meld together into one um because it feels like all of these bows getting tied up but not in like a super neat way that's like annoying Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like it it's like oh wow I didn't know that that thread was gonna connect to that that's cool um and like how Elliot has the conversation with George about like always being the gardener to May's bonsai Mm -hmm. um, and how that ends up connecting to like George's connection that she has with her dad about like martyring herself Mm -hmm. um, in all aspects of her life. And yeah, I just, I think it, I think it was cool to see even something that like a revelation that probably would have broken their relationship apart season one. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, whenever somebody dropped like a truth bomb on them especially about their relationship instead of deciding to like panic and just you know abandon ship they were like okay embrace it um we will figure out how to fix this Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know i'm not gonna give up on you even the proposal that was super botched that elliot like you know pushed yeah pushed when we all knew it was a bad idea even may even like, may <laughs> george didn't quit she's like i said no to a proposal not you yeah yeah oh my god and even like even everything from fucking binky <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> who would who would expect like binky delivering that truth bob i.e have you even heard each other pee like <laughs> yeah the the impact the impact of just saying that and then how that pushed their relationship along i was never expecting binky to be the one to talk to them about intimacy exactly and she was right she was so right she was so right so i i kind of i kind of loved that we got to see like all of the people that we were annoyed with in season one come back into season two and then offhandedly deliver some line that was going to fix their entire relationship. Well, I guess I won't say fix, but like help them work through their relationship is a better way to put it. Yeah. It was, it, it added to tying everything together. Not like you said, not neatly, but like satisfyingly. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I really liked... I know that's not like a, a winning, like a thing to say or profound, but I just, yeah, I really liked the writing <laughs> this season. It was so good. It was so good. And it was, I, what I, what I liked is that it was just so straightforward. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the really important things that needed to be said weren't overcomplicated. They were yeah. just succinct one-liners that, hit harder <laughs> than they would have if they had been like overfluffed you know like at the like even at the end when may says i i don't need you anymore but i still want you mm -hmm. like that is so simple but it is so powerful <laughs> yeah yeah i think this season does a good job of like showing us that a lot of the conversations that we like think you know, might be too hard to have with someone, especially like a partner, mm -hmm. don't have to be like as complicated as we like knit the scenarios together to be in our heads. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have to sound and be perfect. Right. You know, they're, they're allowed to be clumsy and you're allowed to say whatever things you need to say as botched as they end up being and it's more about the act of being open and attempting to talk about those feelings is what really matters yeah which again is like something something else that's important to remember and also important to see because like not not every every discussion with your partner is gonna sound like it came out of Pride and Prejudice, you know? Like <laughs> it's <laughs> it's gonna be clumsy and it's gonna be clunky and it's gonna be awkward. And then you're it's it's never gonna sound perfect because you don't think you don't need to think everything out. You just need to get it out there. Right. And like it it can be emotional word vomit or your partner can't ask you a question that like you genuinely don't have an answer to mm -hmm. and that's okay it doesn't have to be like um yeah it doesn't it doesn't have to be catastrophic and like when you tell your partner you know like I want to be able to carve out space for me and I want to I want to garden my own bonsai, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like th that, that can be okay. It doesn't have to be like, uh, well, why do you think that like, I'm taking up like so much of you and like all of this, like, yeah, it, it can be just understanding and constantly reassessing boundaries mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without any pressure to be profound. Yeah, you know. or perfect. Or perfect. And that's what is. And that's what's so beautiful about this show. So I'm like I'm I'm bummed that this is the end. Yeah. But it's been it's been fantastic getting there, you know. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty incredible.
All right. Now it's time to talk about the woman of the hour, Miss George Jr. (laughs) 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 Um, And just we wanted to delve more into like talking about her personal journey this season Um, because it really is cool. Um, and especially, I don't know, I feel like I said this in season one and I am like echoing it again. I really saw a lot of myself in George mm-hmm. in the previous season and even more in this season. Um, especially with like her whole journey in like figuring out what her sexuality is. Um, and you know, still not really deciding and having that be okay with her. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was really important to like push out there into the world. And I mean, people have been saying it already. Queer people have been saying it forever. Like you, you do not have to force yourself to like identify to like a sexuality if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought that that was a really important moment. Like when they had their whole intros in the group and she was like, I mm, don't really do that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because she she didn't know, and you don't have to, you shouldn't feel pressured to figure it out. Yeah, that easily easily my favorite part, the fact that there, especially with George, there is this essence of you never have to know the specifics. Mm-hmm. You still, for as long as you want to, you can exist within that space where you're still trying to figure out who you are and what you like Mm -hmm. um and that like that goes with george's identity that also goes with um her rediscovering what she's interested in yeah i i loved that because that hit a little close to home but like it i don't know it was it was great to see her realize that she did become a teacher for a reason and find that she actually enjoyed her job Mm -hmm. and that she had freedom within her workplace to do things that she enjoyed and then also use that to help her students figure out what they were passionate about yeah i loved i loved seeing her fall in love with work it was so nice to see because she was just so she was very apathetic the first season Mm -hmm. which like i understand why (laughs) personally i nightmare yeah i definitely understand why and when you gotta pay your students to do their homework like i get it i get it (laughs) But um, I don't know. It was good to see that like um, amidst all of that, she was able to put her time into a passion project at her job. You mm-hmm. know, just ugh. I I loved everything we saw George do this season. Easy. It was it was so good seeing her and like coming into her own, especially this season. Yeah, because she felt like her own person mm-hmm. and not just the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that it's cool that the show recognized that that was an archetype that it could have fallen into and didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I mean, even if you like set out to write like a really just well thought out show, like, I mean, patriarchy is ingrained. <laughs> And even when you aren't thinking about it, like, you can write some shit that, like, you know, is the same Mm -hmm. as before. And this show is not. And I think that that, yeah, it just, it's great that she, she was still, like, this 
ingenue of a romantic interest but like had all of this really cool stuff about her Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i will say i think that may did have to break up with her in order for her to figure out what she liked and figure out herself yeah for sure so i i definitely understand why may and other josh i did we figure out the the name of the other writer i don't know um (laughs) let me look it up (laughs) may may martin and company um (laughs) wrote wrote these seasons the way that they did but i don't know i think i do have an appreciation for just the way that was structured the fact that like we they everybody involved understood that like that's what it would take for george to go on her personal journey so like it wasn't rushed you know we got it at a time that it made sense for her to do it and then therefore it made sense for her to incorporate into her relationship with may character Mm -hmm. so it's just it's so well thought out i i love it i love it i love that it that they took like so long in between the two seasons to make it perfect because it shows in little things like that yeah i i agree also his name is joe joe yeah okay sorry joe. <laughs> sorry joe sorry uh, joe um but yeah um something else that i mean we we already briefly mentioned him but like that i enjoyed about george's whole journey was elliot <laughs> um i thought he was so funny um and I, if you are polyamorous and listening to this, I don't think that polyamory is funny or that polyamorous people are funny. But Elliot's entire squadron of partners walking into that event at the same time as a unit was hilarious. Okay. That's so funny. He had a hive. It did. Oh, it was so funny. It was so funny. <laughs> He already had like six girlfriends, but he wanted he wanted George too, which like, you know, I get it. I get it. I can't even be mad. It's just so funny. That shit was hilarious. It's so funny. And I loved that like they would have all of these conversations about like misogyny and just like men being men. And he would literally do the shit that he was like lecturing about. <laughs> literally still a man being a man yeah <laughs> literally mansplaining mansplaining and the male gaze to yeah. women like oh god oh god but i do love that we had that extreme of the spectrum yeah in there for george to like see all of that and then like tone it back you know <laughs> Yeah, and to also figure out, you know, like, maybe she would be interested in polyamory one day. Exactly, exactly. And I like, I like that there was that space in May and George's relationship Mm -hmm. for her to figure it out. Because that's, that's another thing that we just don't see. There's, there's never any polyamory in media, like, ever. Mm -mm. So, like, it's, it's good to see people exploring that as an option you know yeah and the uncertainty that comes with trying out something new like that because that's that's very new for george yeah it is i love i love her i love her so much (laughs) she's so good Alrighty, folks, and now we are on to the best part of the episode, the Michelin star rating. Whoop, whoop. Woo! 
For those of you who don't know, the Michelin stars are a hub of over 150,000 different audiobooks, and you can download one for free by going to audible.com slash Michelin star. Just kidding. Don't do that. We are not sponsored by Audible. The Michelin star rating system goes by three stars. One star signifies a very good restaurant. Two stars are excellent cooking that is worth a detour. And three stars means exceptional cuisine that is worth a special journey. So we have rated feel good season two with a drum roll please three stars if there were more stars on the michelin star rating system we would give them all of them (laughs) yeah like i yeah can't say enough good things i really really enjoyed watching this season so I get sucked in with every season of Feel Good, but this is just, it's so good and it's so easy to watch and it's so easy to just go through all of it immediately. And then mm-hmm. you want to like immediately go through it again because it, yeah. it's so satisfying. It's so good. I cannot rave about this show enough. Everybody should watch it. Yeah, literally. If you are looking for something just like super easy to watch, you know even if you're like hanging with friends and you like want to put something on it's only six episodes each episode ranges from like 24 minutes to 30 minutes and it's just it's a really good show it's really good the writing is good the the show itself looks beautiful Mm -hmm. which we never we never talk about because all of the other material is just so important (laughs) but like literally every bit of the production of it is fantastic um and it also as we've talked about for two episodes now it covers really important things really well so there's literally nothing to not love about this show and lisa kudrow's in it so if you really need some extra like oomph there you go she kills it she literally kills it she's so good i would never want her to be my mother but like she's fantastic (laughs) dead ass that for myself but i love watching it yeah yeah Uh, just just so just so good chef's kisses all the time every little bit perfect thanks for listening if you enjoyed listening be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever it is you're listening and follow us on our socials at the watchlist bu1 on twitter and instagram if you have thoughts on this episode that you'd like to share or if you hated everything we said drop us a voice message on our website on our next episode we'll be covering fear street part one 1994 which will be a mini series that we'll be doing um and that's available to watch on netflix happy watching and don't forget to do the reading 